All right, Joe, we are back on the podcast where we are training men in spiritual fitness. And uh, we are right now challenging guys to spend the next eight weeks, just the next eight weeks of their lives, uh, memorizing the promises of God, um, reading through a biography of a Christian hero, uh, committing time to daily prayer, and gathering weekly with friends. This is what we are calling the Hero Challenge, the Hudson Taylor Hero Challenge. And we have put this challenge together because, man, guys, a lot of times, a couple of things they struggle with. One, guys struggle with trusting God in every area of their life. A lot of guys don't take time to even evaluate this and think through this. But if you just take a minute to pause as a, as a man of God and think through where do you lack trust in God? There's actually a lot of gaps there. And one man that I know that I've read about at, who really trusted God and led the way uh, for me and a lot of uh, learning how to do this was Hudson Taylor. So yeah. we want to point guys at his life and say, man, here's a guy who really learned what it looked like to trust in God. And how can we begin to do that? Uh, but the other thing that I think guys struggle with and that we want to address in this challenge is just prayer. I think we all just get stuck in our prayer lives and just find these times of, oh, you know, I feel like I'm stuck in a rut. I feel like my prayer life isn't meaningful. And again, with this challenge, we hope to break you out of that. We hope that this will be something where you develop a regular routine of prayer and you also are able to get a peek at the life of a man who really dedicated himself to prayer and what that looked like and the implications um, for his life. So, Joe, you already heard me mention the four things we really want to point guys towards in this challenge. That's memorizing promises of God, you know, reading, in this case, an autobiography of Hudson Taylor, gathering with friends regularly to talk about these things, and then committing themselves to daily prayer. You and I have put together several different challenges for groups of Christian men who want to break through low ceilings of spiritual growth. What is it about this challenge in particular and those four things that you think guys need uh, moving forward? You know, we just we're affected by the people we're around, and the idea of this challenge it is not just to read about, but to uh, enter a space where you're imagining bringing Hudson Taylor into that circle of friends that you meet with. And I think that, that that's a really profound thing to to ponder. Um, one thing about Hudson Taylor is when people first met him, they often they uh, they were surprised, they were a little bit disappointed. You know, he wasn't real big. He, he wasn't super dynamic in, in how he spoke. Um, but, you know, if you spent time as people would spend hours or days, then all of a sudden there was this indelible impression. Uh, it was his meekness. It was his uh, just the closeness with God. There was something about him that changed the whole dynamic of a room that he was in. And so, you know, to imagine this guy coming, meeting with you at Starbucks where you're drinking coffee with your friends, how would the conversation change? Um, yeah. You know? How would you be changed forever having spent eight weeks with this man? And although we can't, you know, bring him physically into the room with you, we can help you do things that he did and read about him in such a way that you feel like you get to know him and that that imprint of his life is left on you too. Yeah, we know that uh, there's a lot of guys, a lot of things that guys can begin to do to help them break through those low ceilings of spiritual growth. But one thing I knew that can help guys break through those low ceilings is a friend. Right. We all can at times bring a friend closer to us who maybe is setting a new pace in life that helps call us up and challenge us. And I think that's our aim in this is to call that friend 
into our group, Hudson Taylor, and say, hey, Hudson, join me and my friends for eight weeks and train us. Help, help us to see, call us up and out of these low ceilings of spiritual growth so that we can bust through and begin to be the men of God that we really want to be. So our, our hope throughout this, uh, I guess, as we deliver these podcasts as part of the challenge, is that we can kind of be uh, your tour guides along the way as you begin to read through the autobiography of Hudson Taylor, as you begin to memorize some of these promises of God, spend time in prayer, spend time together as friends, um, to help you see what that can look like. What are the kind of conversations that are worth having as men, ordinary Christian men, who do want to begin on that path forward. And so Joe and I are just going to take some time. We've spent time reading through this uh, autobiography and been affected ourselves. And we want to just say, man, you can't miss these things. As you read through, this is what you need to gain from the life of Hudson Taylor. And then begin to talk to your friends about. Um, and there's really, I guess, to get us kickstarted on that, um, there's two ways I want to make sure guys are reading these first early chapters, because in the first week of the challenge, what we want you to do is just read the first two chapters of Hudson Taylor's autobiography. I have mine is this black one here, Joe. Yours is blue, right? You've got a different. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they all look a little different, but but they're real short. It's like less than 100 pages or so. Uh, but we want you to read those first couple of chapters. And I want you to kind of do it with two lenses in mind. Um, one is what you're doing is you and your friends are looking back on your own lives. Because in these first couple of chapters, Hudson Taylor's talking about his life as a child, as a teenager, and kind of those formative years. And I would love for you to look back as well on your own life and your formative years and begin to talk to your friends about that. What did that look like? But then there's also the idea of looking through this as the through the lens of a, a father. You know, so some of the guys that are listening to this your husband, your father, you're leading a household. And there's a way where you can read these couple of chapters and say, what does it look like to be the father of a man who eventually became such a great Christian hero? And what if I want to begin to be that kind of father who, who fosters an environment where men and women grow up to be faithful followers of Christ? And uh, so I want you to just put those filters on as you read, first of all. But Joe, let me just have you kickstart this with just tell me what's your one big takeaway or what do you want guys to make sure they don't miss as they're reading these first couple of chapters? Uh, I think one of the, the things to really notice, you've already alluded to it, is we often give too much credit to the individual mm -hmm. who the biography is about. And uh, we don't notice is they're a product of something. Yes. And I think the amazing thing about Hudson Taylor is uh, although you know the chapters are brief and, and you can go to other places to find more details, reading between the lines, you realize he grew up in a remarkable home. Mm. Uh, he grew up with a dad who uh, was praying for China, <laughs> praying, you know, longing for China to be reached, uh, but never told his son this until much later in life, Hudson Taylor finds out. Um, he's a father who is training his children in their early years um, to have their own time with God, but also gathering them for family worship and reading the Bible with them. Yeah. I mean, he's a dad inviting missionaries into the home. It's not an accident that Hudson Taylor gets interested in foreign mission. His dad, although he never went overseas, um, you know, he was clearly uh, putting, you know, his children in a setting where they'd be inspired by mm -hmm. the idea of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. But then it's not just his dad. I mean, it's his mom and her prayers. It's his sister, the way she commits to pray for his conversion. There's a whole dynamic. And uh, Hudson Taylor may be the one that we remember most. I have no doubt that if you go, you know, 
to heaven and glory that, you know, there, there are stories to be told about all of the members of this family, that they all were part of this great work that Hudson Taylor did through their prayers, example, and uh, just the, the, the home that he grew up within. Yeah, I think one of the major pushbacks you get from guys who, when you ask them to read a biography of a Christian hero, is, well, I don't have intentions of becoming an international missionary. You know, I don't, I don't have intentions of going to China and being a missionary. So what good is this to me? Like, okay, maybe it's inspiring and it's a cool life and he's got some great stories, but I'm just, you know, an accountant. I'm just a teacher. I'm just an engineer, whatever. I've got my job where I'm at and I'm not going to be traveling to China. So what does this have to do with me? I think some of this is there is great value in being the ordinary Christian man who sets up a fosters a home in which who knows what God will do with your children? Who knows what God will do with your with your wife? And um, being able to be raised, yes, daughters who are daughters of prayer, who are praying for their brothers, which is a big part of you know Hudson Taylor's story. Um, being a man who, like you said, invites uh, missionaries in, and uh, have, being even just being a wife who is faithful to pray for um, your kids. I think all those things are. It helps the ordinary man see. Wait a second. My life all of a sudden is really valuable. And actually, <laughs> everything I do and the way I set up my home is really valuable. And I think that's so one one question that I'd encourage guys to ask themselves and ask their friends is just to fill in that blank. You know, I want to be the kind of father who and how do you how do you fill in that blank? You know, I want to be the kind of father who is yeah praying for his children all the time. I want to be the kind of father who is inviting people in who are telling stories of God's great works so that that becomes normalized in my home. You know, I want to be the kind of father who, what, what do you have any indication whatsoever right now in your life? Have you begun to even answer that question? Because if not, you're just drifting and drifting is no good for your children. It's no good for your household. It's no good for yourself. So um, I, I, I think you're right. That was a big takeaway for me as well, is seeing the family and how this isn't a story of just Hudson Taylor. This is a story of a lot of obedient Christians and how all of that begins to form the life of a man who who becomes, yes, what we know as a, a Christian hero. Um, I don't what What other takeaways would you say men need to walk away with? Well, and I'm just going to drill down a little bit more on that one. Um, you know, as we think about what we really care about for our children, I think, you know, that's what you meant when you're talking about the kind of father mm-hmm. and you take his mom, you know, his mom, there's that story of his conversion where yeah. his mom's 50 miles away and she just feels compelled to pray for his salvation, Hudson Taylor's salvation. Yeah. And, you know, you just have this scene, you can, you can kind of see it. Somebody should make the, the movie of this because you can imagine, you know, there's the mom on her knees pleading with God. There's Hudson Taylor by himself. He's bored, pulling a book off the shelf. You know, she reaches this place of just being convinced that, that God is doing a work in her son's heart. And there he is, you know, thinking about the finished work of Christ. And he's, you know, saved and born again, right in that moment. And it's like, ask yourself the question, is that really what your heart is pounding for? Is it that you want to see your children converted? Or is the deep desire, whether it's success at school or what university they're going to get into or how well they're doing in a sport, Hmm. it's so easy to get caught up with stuff that doesn't matter. But like we were saying, I mean, this is a home. You know, what ultimately matters is eternity. It's salvation. It's, you know, serving the Lord Jesus. It's knowing the word of God. And uh, I think we can be inspired to rethink our own heart and our own prayers for our children, you know, as we read this, uh, these early chapters of the biography. 
Yeah, you brought up something there that, that reminded me that as I read this, uh, I get this sense that if you were to travel through the Taylor home and just kind of be a part of their lives for a week, uh, you would not be able to travel through their environment without tripping over the gospel, um, which is clear, right, in Hudson Taylor's conversion. what what how, he, he goes to his father's library. He's bored. He goes to his father's library to pick up a book, and he thankfully, is the, has the kind of dad who just leaves gospel tracts laying around. Exactly. Exactly. There's Christian books like, you know, to be found. Yes. Yes. So it is just that question of what are the things that my kids are tripping over? What are the things that if someone came in my home, both literally and figuratively, like, can people walk through the environment of my home without tripping over the gospel? You get the clear indication that, man, you just could not go into the Taylor home, couldn't be a part of their lives without the, the gospel flooding in. And uh, what a grace in Hudson Taylor's life. And that really did set him up for success. And that's, I think, an inspiration for each of us to begin to evaluate our own environment. What are the kind of books that are on our, our bookshelves for sure? Just practically speaking, what are the things, if if my child was curious, could he even find something that would point him towards gospel truth? And I'm, just a side note here, man, I can imagine, I, I guess I, at, at one level, Hudson's dad was encouraged, you know, his his son uh, experienced conversion. You're 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 good with that either way. But man, you're talking about a dad who clearly was evangelistic, clearly prayed with his son, clearly was trying to lead his son, and he, and his son just picks up a gospel tract, and that's how he. You know, <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of that that I'm like, man, all that all that hard work, and it was like, man, son, I said those things 500 times, and you got it from a little booklet. <laughs> but that's yeah. that's how it happens, right? That's we got to leave room. We got to leave room. We got to, you know, we are not the only person in our kids' lives. We got to create an environment and and uh, and spaces for all of that. So, and, and within that, I, I'd say another thing that I'd want to tack on to that I want guys to see in this um, first couple of chapters and that I want them to talk about is I want them to see the power of testimony. You know, I think that's one of the things that stuck Christian men often forget is we forget our own testimonies. We forget the power of reflecting back on who we were and who God has made us into be. We, we, we forget that call to repentance. We forget how amazing of a story that we each have in our testimony. And I think through reading Hudson's testimony of, of coming to Christ and beginning those first steps of obedience as a Christian, um, hopefully, I think, I hope it spurs you guys on to begin to talk about your own testimonies. You know, one of the things I notice in groups of men you can go to a church and go to a men's group, a men's breakfast, or just even a regular men's group that meets every week. And you'd be shocked at if you walked in there and asked another guy, say, hey, what's this guy's testimony? Do you know his? They don't know because no one talks about it. We don't share our testimonies with one another. I think one of the, the basic steps you can take in your men's group, if you're gathering around doing this challenge together, is just to share with one another your your testimony. Hudson, your friend here for eight weeks, he shared his Man, share yours with one another and see the the various ways that God begins to call people to himself and how encouraging that is. So I think that was a, a big takeaway for me. I don't, what else? Yeah, uh, I think on that same topic, when you look at Hudson Taylor, one of the, the main lessons you're going to see throughout the whole of his life is, I mean, he didn't just believe, I mean, he's living evidence of God's active presence and in breaking the lives and hearing the prayers and answering the prayers of his people. And when you go around and you listen to people's testimony, your faith is increased. 
it's a different way than memorizing a promise, but it's a way that, you know, brings that promise to life because truth be told, you ask a circle of men and, you know, I don't have a remarkable testimony in, in the sense that it's not super dramatic. Yeah. Um, but when I'm amazed, I was talking to a guy this last week and just, you know, he was in the darkest depth of, uh, you know, just despair and just cried out, God, if you're there, show up. Hmm. And, uh, you know, was dating somebody who was into Wicca and all kinds of dark stuff. And she walks in and she says, hey, look, here's a Bible. I really think we need to be reading this. You know, it's like <laughs> you hear people's testimony and it's like grace is at work. You yes. know, Jesus' hand is breaking into the lives of men and women. And you will walk away much more confident that God is active and present living in this world. Mm, mm, that's so true. That's great. Um, all right. Another thing I want to share about this is this has been haunting me, Joe. I actually don't even want to confess that I read this because then I've got to do something about it. But but it, uh, Hudson Taylor shares uh, one of his prayers in these early chapters. And there's one line in his prayer that just I find so difficult to pray. Uh, and it's this. God give me something to do. And I don't know about you, Joe. I've got a long list of things to do. In fact, the last thing I want to tell anyone is to say, give me something to do. I don't need anything else <laughs> to do. Uh, you know, like my, my life is overloaded by all kinds of things. I think that's for most guys where we stand is that we don't need another thing to add to our list of things to do. Yet Hudson Taylor was a man who said, God, give me something to do. I think that's been really impactful in my prayer life this week as uh, something for me to reflect on and to pray in the morning is to say, God, today from you, I've got a long list of things I could do. Uh, give me something to do. And it's a it's a missional focus for me at that point. It's saying, do I feel like the kind of man who has been given a mission by God? And how am I beginning to see that and, and go for it? There's a I don't know if I think that if most guys will start their day and maybe that's a challenge for guys this week is just in your prayer time, we're encouraging you to spend 20 minutes, 20 minutes praying every morning. And I think as part of that, would you just pray, God, give me something to do for your sake, for your glory, for your kingdom of all the things I could do today. God, would you clarify for me um, what it is that I can do today? I think that's a that's a challenging. I don't know. I find that to be a challenging prayer. Yeah, I think it is. I think, you know, God answered that prayer and it's connected to this whole idea of a calling or vocation that early on, I mean, by the time Hudson Taylor's a teenager, he already has this sense of uh, being called to China. And his mom says, you know, from this, he's talked about from a certain hour, but from that hour, he never deviated. Um, it guided kind of all of his thinking. Mm. And, um, you know, as you, as you look at his life and as you see just the way he was so driven with a sense of vision, I think men, they need to be challenged because if you pray that prayer, give me something to do, that's a prayer that God will answer. And it's important for guys to know that, you know, having a vocation that doesn't look necessarily like going and founding a new mission agency in a different, uh, you know, part of the world that, I mean, it can look really ordinary, but when you have a sense that the day in front of you is something God has put together and he's called you into this work, mm. all of a sudden things that otherwise just, they feel empty and, and purposeless. They're filled with meaning they wouldn't have. Um, and you can go into life with every bit of the, the vision and drive of Hudson Taylor, knowing that you don't have a lesser calling. It's just a different calling, right. but you got to start with that prayer. Like you said, you got to start with, Hey, do you have something for me to do God? And as he answers it, you embrace it, you own it, you know, you lean into it. And some of that may mean, okay, yeah, once God answers that prayer and gives you clarity, 
you're going to have to change something about your life and your lifestyle. That's part of what we see in Hudson's life. It, all of a sudden, his lifestyle changes, and he, yeah. and he begins to just totally bear down. I mean, I, I, so I wrote down because it's it's clear it, on the pages, but I, I want to make it even clear. He gives a four step plan for how to prepare for his mission, how to prepare for being on mission for God. This is his four step plan. One, get an exercise routine which I found shocking. Like that, was, that was the first thing he mentioned is I need to begin to prepare to follow through on what God has called me to do. And I need to start exercising. I need an exercise routine. But we talk a lot about bodily discipline. We talk a lot about how all of these disciplines feed into one another. And Hudson Taylor would say, man, if you want to begin to change your lifestyle to match up with what God is calling for him, get an exercise routine Two, weed out the non-essentials in life, all the comforts. And I'm already giving up on this, Joe. I don't know about you. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm only at number two and I'm already like, wait a second. But it was interesting to see him just double down on getting rid of things that didn't feed into the mission he was called to, didn't feed into the answer to that prayer. He began just purposely taking away those things, moving even, changing locations. The third thing, he said, begin teaching Sunday school. He's, he's like, I need, I need training to start doing this. Uh, such a weird practical thing. But um, a lot of times we overlook some of those easier steps of yes as we begin. And so he said, you know what? If I'm going to do this bigger picture mission, I need to begin just where I'm at to embrace knowing how to communicate the gospel to others. And an easy way to do that is in my local church. And then fourth, he said, visit the, the vulnerable people in your community. So he began to visit the, the poor and the sick and all of that, made that a regular part of his lifestyle. So I, I found just the way that not only did he pray, God, give me something to do. Not only did he answer yes to what God told him to do, but then he began to change his lifestyle so that he actually could follow through with that. Yes. So that's that's shocking and inspiring as a man. Yeah, I think, yeah, the, the, the small things that were within reach. In some cases, they were really bold. I mean, he starts, he starts, uh, you know, learning a new language, even though he's got no plan yet to get overseas, but he's got a book, he can start to do that. And so, you know, he just doesn't delay, he's not dragging his feet with uh, any of this. But, you know, another thing, um, just with that whole idea of vocation and calling, I think it's interesting how early he bumped up against opposition. Mm. There's that, uh, that story, the old guy, the old, the old kind of Christian minister, you know, who, uh, really is discouraging. Hudson Taylor's talking about wanting to go to China and living by faith. And the guy says that that maybe would work out well in the apostolic era, but not today. And, um, you know, there's that moment where he could have just kind of been crushed um, by the the sort of cynicism of this older man, but he's not, you know, he, he, deep down, he has this sense, this is God's calling. The promises haven't changed. God hasn't changed. And so, you know, he's a steadfast, but, whatever the calling we have, there's going to be that opposition. And so we're going to need to know which voices to uh, ignore, even if they're coming from a Christian mouth. Hmm. And uh, then what's the voice of God? What are his promises and how do we stand on those? Yeah, that's great. It, any other big takeaways before we close this out that you think guys need to discuss or think about as they um, take on this challenge, this eight-week challenge? Yeah, I think uh, I would just have guys think about what's already been talked about. Um, imagine your guys, you know, ask on their testimonies. That'd be a great way to begin, uh, get the testimonies on the table. And uh, I would just really encourage guys to take that, that prayer, give me something to do. 
It's a dangerous prayer. <laughs> Add that to your uh, prayer routine uh, this coming week and let God begin to clarify a sense of calling and vocation for your life. Yeah. And I encourage guys just to, yeah, make the life of Hudson Taylor a prompt for your conversation amongst each other as friends. There's a lot that we have yet to discover about one another as friends. For instance, man, Joe, if you and I could sit here longer, I wanted that. What were you like as a teenager? When you first, when did you first encounter the gospel? What was your reaction? Because even for Edson Taylor, he went through a time of skepticism. You know, so that have you, as my friend, have you ever gone through a time of skepticism? What was the, that like? There's a lot of takeaways from this that, that I want guys to see that they can begin to um, rally around as a group and talk about because. Uh, our big picture is we don't want men growing in isolation. We don't want men just sitting in a library by themselves, reading a book, keeping it through themselves. If you do indeed take on this challenge, man, I hope that you will find someone. Maybe it's a group of men at your church. Maybe it's that you do it with a mentor or a mentee. Maybe it's that you find your son and you do it with your son. Anyway, find somebody to begin to have conversations around this for. Don't let this book go to waste. Don't let the promises that we're going to encourage you to memorize go to waste. Use these among community with one another. Challenge one another. That's what the, the life of Hudson Taylor shows us again and again, is that it's others. It's not just him himself that made him uh, into who he was and what he did. So you'll continue with that this week. And uh, we'll continue to send you more information about this challenge, how you can begin to spend 20 minutes every day in prayer, uh, memorize eight different promises of God, and yes, hopefully finish uh, reading the autobiography of Hudson Taylor. Y'all join us again next week and we'll continue on.